0: out there, we're on the air, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight, the beers are cold, the mics light up, and And the the boys boys get get set to fight, the gloves come off, opinions get thrown, and Someone someone slips on ice, one man howls, the other scowls, but the show must go on. Oh,
1: the good old hockey game is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.
0: You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. More shot, no. and more shots Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Oh, Vetchkin's And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carrie slumps. And Benjamin stumps. lap not LaFontaine. Jokes aside. It's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Oh, good old hockey game It's
1: the best game you can Hello there, and welcome to the Rink Moose. Hockey podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL as well as their implications in fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Coste, along with my good pal, the Jonathan Taves lookalike, what? Kyle Nice.
0: Where does this even come from? No so one has ever said so- that.
1: I will disclose this story to the audience. We were at the opening festivities, the parade, so to speak, of the uh, World Cup of Hockey, oh. where a young child <laughs> and her mother approached oh my Kyle God. and asked him for an autograph. Kyle did not know what they were asking for, but we all knew that. We, all, we were all <laughs> chuckling in the background. He was wearing a Taves 19 Canada jersey.
0: 16. And
1: uh, for for a few seconds, uh, he felt like a celebrity. And and the reality was, these the you know this mom and, and and her daughter thought that Kyle was Jonathan Taves. <laughs> uh, and then shortly after that, a, a Swedish media group from Sweden uh, w- went and interviewed Kyle. So this this guy he he was Jonathan Taves. So that, that's why I'm calling you the Jonathan Taves look like. Uh,
0: the funny thing about the Sweden crew is who knows what they thought? Maybe they thought I was a crazy fan. Maybe they thought I was a player. I have no clue at all because they were asking me right. kind of game related questions and I just kind of answered them like, <laughs> like whatever. Man. So I don't know what they thought, but funny, uh, funny end to that story is that Jersey and that hat later got us into the, uh, into the VIP section of, of the concert where we got to mm-hmm. s- slap hands of all the players on the red carpet. And, uh, <laughs> And Nick yelled at Tuka Rask and Jack Eichel alike, and uh, they both gave him some responses.
1: Tuka, Tuka and and Hank Lungfist were, were very nice, very right. good people when I, when I yelled at them. Jack, not so much. Jack, not so much. <laughs> well,
0: that's because you said something mean to him.
1: Uh, yeah, I know, but he should, you know, he should take it as a joke. It's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, everyone should be in a festive mood and right. this guy just totally gives me a bad look. So yeah, I, I, since that day, I've kind of just disliked the fella.
0: And what, what is it that you said, Nick?
1: I said, Buffalo, I'm <laughs> coming for you. <ya." laughs> oh shit.
0: And then what and then, did he do? He turned okay, his don't... head the other way. and just kept waddling yeah, on
1: something like that. What and, an asshole. Uh, yeah. So me, you, and him were the only ones who knew, any, had, knew any about, anything <laughs> about the context of that quote. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun.
0: Yeah, we had a little connection there. That was nice.
1: It was good. And it was a good concert. The Killers were, were the fantastic. The Killers.
0: Oh, yeah. And then Green Day canceled the next day. Bastards. Ooh. Just terrible. We, we were really fired up to see them. That was, that was what I was mainly buying the tickets for, was shake Crosby's hand and see Green Day play. My two favorite people. But I digress, Nick. It was a great time anyways. Sure. Yeah, we might as well get into our first topic here, Nick. I know you have, uh, you expressed you had something to say about the Colorado Avalanche and their sizzling, sizzling start. What uh, What's your take on this team, which is actually tied for number one in the NHL with the Nashville Predators and the Toronto Maple Leafs? 6-2-2. Two and two.
1: Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I came into this game with a lot of expectations because uh, I read something about them having you know, gotten seven of, of, of the eight potential points on their road trip. So they were, they were coming in hot. They were at home. This was a nationally televised game. First time in a while, Colorado got onto the NBC network. First time in a while, Pierre Maguire flew all the way out there to have a to have a broadcast so i i was definitely going to tune in for this one kyle was giving me shit for not having watched this team enough so here i was i was going to watch this game they're playing a tough tampa team and uh kyle they they blew it on national television they lose one nothing to the tampa bay lightning um i was disappointed oh my god
0: so, yeah, they lose one nothing to the to the shitty Tampa Bay Lightning team, who's just <laughs> a bunch of schmucks, and they should always beat Tampa Bay, right, Nick? Come on. Uh,
1: okay, okay. The truth is, I was just I was just messing with you there. I was actually okay. very. I was very pleasantly surprised by this game. This game was a this was a fantastic hockey game. From looking from the outside, you may look at the score and say you know what what's what's this guy talking about but the reality was there were tons of scoring chances tons of great goaltending fast-paced hockey It, it, it was really something great um just to get in here colorado i believe this is one of the best teams just purely scoring on the rush hockey teams the nhl they play with such a quick pace you see that with the mckinnon goal that got called, uh, that got called back in the first mm. period it, it was a fantastic piece of art to watch him you know just skip into the tampa zone you know and elusively pass that puck off uh to Landeskog, who, who finished unfortunately uh the coaching mastermind and in, in, in john cooper had something to say about that so uh that was lame that goal that goal did not come to stand Uh, Yet another example of why uh, he's the best coach in the NHL. Um, Second line looks great. I was very impressed with Kerfoot. I was very impressed with uh, Sven Andrew Ghetto. I, you know, I going into the game, I, I, I was wondering, Hey, how's this, how's this depth scoring going to line up? But, but the reality was I saw a lot from them. They looked like a a competent second power play unit. Um, You know, so no, no complaints there. Uh, Ian Cole solidified himself in my mind as one of the best uh, acquisitions of the summer he was solid shots. solid he, solid he, guy he really he, he filled a void for this team from last year because I left last year saying this this D needs more grit I get they have all these puck movers like Gerard and Barry but they need a little something else they need, they need some grit and uh, and Ian Cole just gives you he's that, he's that old-fashioned defenseman who's just stay at home'll we'll do his job. And, and he really paired up well with, uh, with, with, with his defense. So I, I was very happy with him. Um, what else do I have here? Semyon Varlamov looked as good as any other goalie in the NHL I've seen. His movement in the net, very quick. Uh, rebound control was fantastic. I, w- I was very impressed with him. I, I just think he's one of those guys who just has a hard time staying healthy. But, but the reality is when you, when you see him play, he, he looks as good as anybody. Um, I And, you know, another thing I'll say is I, I was looking at statistics yesterday and it just so happens that Colorado has the lowest goals against average in the league to this point. And, and after watching this game, I, I, I believe it because they defend in a manner that's not like the old school way of, of defending in their zone. They, they essentially defend by keeping the puck in the opposition zone. They're quick off the rush. They get the puck out of their zone really quickly. Puck moving defenseman chip it up to their forwards. Forwards bring it into the zone, and 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 they and they establish, you know, just a lot of just pure offense in, in their opposition zone, and, and and that's kind of the way they play. And it's fun. It's exciting. And and it's made for the lowest GAA in the league. And and of course that also has to do with you know how great Varlamov's been. So all in all, I I left this game thinking this 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 is a fantastic hockey team. I I don't see why. You know, I, I I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. They they look great out of the out of the get-go here. Um, you know, Jared Bednar looks like he's got a good control of that bench. Seemed like one of the nicest guys in the world when when Pierre interviewed him during the uh, the, uh, the the coaches timeouts there. And uh, I was just I was very pleased, and uh, I look forward to watching more of this team.
0: You know, it it's kind of almost disappointing that you have this stance on the team. I wanted you to hate them. I really did. I wanted I to can't. come back on you and say you're wrong, Nick. You're terrible. But I man, I wish I could. They they, I, they like everything you, you said. You up and down. It's it's a perfect description.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I I still I still wish I saw a little more from maybe their third and fourth lines. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I feel like that's something you can say about every team. You know, e- even the Leafs you could have argued that, you know, with with Kadri having been in a slump and, and their fourth line kind of just killing minutes. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was impressed. I, I just, I find it hard to believe how if you strap somebody in a chair and say, watch this team for 60 minutes that they'd leave saying, you know, that wasn't an exciting brand of hockey or that team wasn't the one, one of the most fastest, fastest teams I've ever seen. I mean, when, when Pierre interviewed John Cooper, uh, John Cooper straight up said, that's the fastest hockey team we've seen all season. Wow. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a good time.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, they have the best differential in the league that counts uh, again for goals for and goals against, um, like you said, speedy, unprecedented way of defending because I, I did mention that Sam Girard might be the one of the best defensemen at getting the puck out of his zone quickly and efficiently. And that just kind of bleeds down to everybody else. It's just, they get it out really quickly, very efficiently. Uh, Varlamov, to me, he's he's Vesna caliber so far. He's to me, he's my front runner for the Vesna. He's been sure. so solid just in his movements. He's he's uh, efficient. He's precise. His worst game of the season was a 9.27 save percentage, and then going beyond that, he does have a maybe an injury history. Last year, Var, uh, Grubauer was the one of the best backups in the NHL, and when he's been in the net, he hasn't looked. You know, as good as Varley, but he's looked just just perfectly fine as a backup for sure. And uh that top line in hockey, it's hard not to argue that they are the best line in hockey right now. Yes, better than the Boston line. Uh they've only been stopped, snubbed once this season, and that was a uh, that was against Tampa the other night. So um just uh such an exciting group to watch. I think they can uh, they can do some damage all year and who knows, maybe they win a playoff round or two, but we still have to remember the embarrassment of Richard riches on the defense prospects. I want to quickly bring up a guy I'm following, Kale McCarr, who's gotten uh, two points per game in in NCAA so far. I think he's got like six points in three games. So he's definitely going to be a Hobie Baker candidate if he, uh, if he keeps this up. And you might even see him, like, they probably wouldn't need him later in this season, but you might see him jump in there... When, uh, when his season's done, similar to what a McAvoy or a Subban has done in the past. Just watch for injuries around that time. And then, uh, yeah, we're just in Colorado land. We're just looking for Ottawa to lose, and we've got, uh, we've got a very, very solid future. But uh, again, McKinnon, to me, most exciting, most electric player in the NHL, maybe behind McDavid, just a step behind McDavid. But my goodness, what a fun team to watch
1: agreed yeah and 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 you mentioned the the macar factor right i you know pierre yesterday couldn't shut up about about this young defenseman coming up called Cale macar from as he would say from the university of massachusetts at amherst <laughs> um, he would not shut up about that every time he mentioned him but um but yeah he he has the potential to be the best trade deadline acquisition in the nhl it doesn't matter what other teams what their general managers craft what what deals they make whichever defenseman the leafs try to trade for the reality is that inserting kale mccarr at the end of the season will be you know undoubtedly the the most potent transaction made in the nhl
0: Mm. now the the key there is like where do you really fit him in? So I feel like there has to be some sort of injury there. Like if you, if a Girard is injured, perfect, plug in Makar. If Barry's injured, perfect, plug in McCar. But uh, I don't know if he would take over. Like like you wouldn't want to pair him with with a Girard. You know, Macar and Girard on one line. Eh, it might get a little dicey out there. So uh, if there is know. an injury, I could I, I could I, see I, it.
1: I, right now i see gerard johnson i see what they're doing here they got gerard johnson on pairing one balance yeah you you got you got yeah balance ian cole and barry line two there's more balance Mm -hmm. and and then the third line where i saw him coming in when i looked at their lineup yesterday was you got zadorov and nemeth zadorov's not going anywhere but nemeth looks like that six seven guy yeah so if you insert him at nemeth spot then you'd have gerard johnson barry cole and then Zadorov and Makar, which is mm-hmm. just nasty good.
0: Yeah, and it it's conceivable because when he is done his his season at NCAA, we all know he's not going back next year. He's too darn good for that. And uh, they he will be good enough to be on the roster. So uh, it's going to be something I'm definitely super excited to see. And uh, on the on the Rink Moose Twitter, there I'm I'm following a little storyline, which is uh, Makar versus Quinn Hughes in in there in this season coming up now because those two guys are comparable guys and um it's going to be fun to see who has the better season there sure and uh all right well if you want we can uh wrap up colorado does uh, does maguire have anything else to say other than the colorado take
1: so this week in our in our segment of uh of of maguire here i just wanted to say that he made the big statement last night of saying this game, this game between Colorado and Tampa, may very well be a dress rehearsal for the Stanley Cup final. Are you kidding
0: me? He really thinks that of, of Colorado.
1: He thought that. He said this game is a dress rehearsal for the Stanley Cup final.
0: Can you send me that link? Is it a, t- is yeah, it a of course. TSN thing? Of
1: course. It's all over the place. Yeah, I'll send it what? to you. It's just he, he was he was that sold by them and the way they played the game he, he just he, he just loved their brand of play and uh he loves kale mccarr like i told you he wouldn't shut up about him and uh and then with tampa i totally see where he's coming from we, we haven't talked about them yet but there's this young kid matthew joseph do you know this player
0: he was on team canada he's uh he played in the q he lit it up there i know he's a really he's speedy awesome. guy
1: he yeah. is so darn fast. He's like he is like in the upper echelon of fastness. And what they've done w- with their third line is that they, they've put Joseph with Sorelli and in Kalorn. So you got some grit, but you also got some speed between Sorelli mm. and, and and John and, and sorry Joseph. So to me, it looked like the best third line in hockey. These guys were just fucking. They were just amazing. Uh, with wow. their speed and their grit, it was like classic third line hockey. Like you needed a shutdown like line at the end of the game when Colorado was making their push. Uh, that looked no further than this line. They they were so good. I was so impressed. So
0: wow. I mean, I, I
1: I like I like what Cooper's done. He he that first line he's he's got Stamkos with Point. Uh, the second line he's got the Kucherov Paladin Johnson unit. The third line is like I just said. This one that I think might be the best third line in hockey. And then the fourth line is basically who you throw down there they've, they've moved down JT Miller to the fourth line um, so it, it's really just it, 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 the, the forwards look very complete and 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 I, I was just very impressed that not only do you have these two very potent offensive lines but then you have this kind of under the radar great grinded out hockey third line.
0: How's the uh, the triplets line looked?
1: Well, they they scored the lone goal. At, yeah. Or, uh, well, that Kucherov was the Stamkos. From- or was that power play? Power yeah, play, that was yeah. power play. But uh, I don't know. They, I don't, I, I don't know. To be honest, Kyle, the other two lines didn't stick out to me. That at even strength, neither the Stamkos or the Kutrov line looked that great. Mm. It was more that third line that caught my attention. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, the reality is, you see the talent, you assume it's going to work out at some point. You know, the triple triplets line has historically been good you know i i I owned palat last week i picked him up for the week and he he had something like a five game assist streak so clearly he's finding chemistry again with johnson and uh and and johnson's had a great start uh to the season as well so i i don't know holistic like holistically speaking through the whole season I, i think that line's doing just fine
0: i'm just waiting for guys like uh like kucherov and stamkos to step into to their pants you know I guess Kucherov's been a, a K- probably okay, a big so, disappointment for his fantasy owners K- for sure.
1: Kucherov had about five scoring chances last night. He, oh, okay. he was dealing. He was his he, he was doing his classic act of like deceptive passes. Yeah. Kind of artsy craftsman. He's the kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, artsy craftsy. He's, the, he's 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 the he's he's the opposite from McKinnon because yes, McKinnon's explosive and he, and he's and he's like he's fast as hell. But he looks like he's trying really hard, you know? With yeah. the way he sticks, puck handles, like he's going 100% and you mm-hmm. can see it. Kucherov, yeah. he's like almost quietly acting the same way. Like it looks like he's not trying. He's almost like just working magic with like his passes and, and the way he skates. He kind of slows down the game around him. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really something to watch. So, I, no, he, he was he was great last night. Uh, if if anything, my concern is with the Stamkos point line. I I'm I'm still not too high on Stamkos. I thought he had a meh meg game to be honest. Yeah. Um. So if if anything, I'll be looking for that line to, to step it up here moving forward.
0: Point's been good though. I think he's got like five goals.
1: He, yeah. Sure. I I just we're talking about the big two guys. Yeah, Stamkos yeah. And and Kucherov. I still I need to see more from Stamkos. He just. He, do, he doesn't look as quick as, as all these other stars we're talking about Yeah, and and, and that's leaving me uh, concerned here on the power play he's still great his presence, on, on he's on one circle Kudrov's mm-hmm. on the other circle, he's great but at, at even strength he, he kind of left a lot to be desired to be honest
0: man I love Point as a player eh? he just does it all, he's so solid in, in every area they're so fucking lucky to have him in, from the second round Nick come on, Tampa do they really deserve this? They don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, call that just great scouting, great, great managing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he has been great. You see the numbers. I mean, he's he's just he's he's not as obviously sexy. He's not as explosive as those other guys we've been talking about. But 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 he's effective. He he does he does his dirty work on the mm-hmm. ice, and he also uh, he, he also pitches in on the score sheet. So he's been great as well.
0: Yeah, so last week, Nick, we talked about uh, some surprise teams that are doing really well or really poorly, and, w- and if we thought that would continue. Montreal is still, still doing super well, and um, it, they're sixth in the league right now. They've got 12 points in, in eight games, so uh, the trajectory is right there to be like right at the top of the league. And uh, honestly, they're really passing the eye test for how they play. Like They play a young run-and-gun style like we were seeing drew and step up now like domi i've never seen domi this this quick and and smart with his decision making uh he looks fantastic on the power play too gallagher's doing his thing he's picking up right where he left off last year uh and he's just such a leader out there like he talked about his line being you know a, a scrappy line doesn't have a huge ton of skill but all those guys just are willing to work like crazy um the only thing I'll say is like I wouldn't say price has looked the tip top of his game but so far they haven't needed him to be like they've just uh, they're scoring goals and they're exciting to watch they're a plus six differential right now uh, everything's going pretty well in, in Habs land and Shea Weber isn't even playing yet what what are your thoughts on the Habs
1: yeah no, I know I think you've you've summed them up pretty well um, I don't think too much else needs to be said what i will say is mike riley has been like underratedly good on that defense yeah he's he's Um, actually
0: pretty quick
1: out there he's 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 looked really great um and the the only other thing i'll say is you got to start you got to start making a case for chloe julian to be coach of the year because I, i i don't think coach of the year should necessarily go to every year the coach with the best record who's got the highest winning percentage I, I i really think it should go with which coach actually impacts you know the, the game to the greatest extent and the reality is you've seen claude julian change his entire coaching philosophy yeah this was a guy who in all those years with boston was about hard nose grinding play uh, stouched, uh staunch defense stuff like that and 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 now you're seeing him totally flip the script as we talked about last week, he's totally bought into this, uh, this this fast-paced brand of hockey, selling the game to the fans, appealing to the audience, and, and and it's working. for For the first time in a while, it's fun to tune into a Habs game, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. it's it's not slow and it's it, it and it's fun, and 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 it's working off and, and it's paying off. They they've been great. They had the win against Calgary. Uh, I know they lost in overtime to Ottawa, but before that, they 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 were lights out. So. Um. Yeah, Claude Julien, Coach of the Year. That's got to be my vote so far.
0: Yeah, you got to tip your cap to him because, like you said, the biggest thing there, he he has really changed his whole style. He used to be that kind of more of a heavy hockey kind of style, and then uh, now we're just seeing a, the total opposite. It's it's really nice to see from him. Uh, another one more question I have about Montreal, Nick, is a lot of people uh, on this on the media out there are kind of split on what should we. Kind of do with uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi because I know he's he's playing well he's holding his own he's got three assists in eight games which is perfectly fine for his his kind of uh, situation you know a young guy but uh, there's arguments being made should he be out playing huge minutes somewhere else whether it be Finland or the AHL I'm kind of split on the on the topic because they're winning and you don't really want to take uh, change a winning atmosphere I would just like if he sticks around for them to give him a a bit of a bigger role. I'm not, uh, I know he's not getting the biggest minutes. I'd like to see him on a, on a juicier power play look. And uh, I don't know, like Montreal really has to look in the mirror right now and say, boys, are are we looking to actually make some noise this year? Like it's kind of a tough scenario now because early in the season, we're like, Oh, you know, Montreal top 10, you know, lottery pick. And now what, what is the identity here? I'm, I'm I'm, split. I don't know what to think anymore. I don't know whether I want them to, you know, make a run for it or, or not. What do you think?
1: Well, first thing I'll say, a little less broad here, but I, I think it would be a mistake to give him, like, top-line power play minutes just because I feel like that's a role you earn. I feel like you aren't just entitled to that being a, a top pick. So I, I don't feel like that would go too well in the dressing room if you just toss him on the top power play unit and see what happens because, mm-hmm. of, you know, it, it would go to show you that, hey, this kid hasn't really done much to earn that other than just be a top pick, and and here he is getting all these minutes. So that's what I feel on that matter. In terms of just, you know, big picture, I, I, think, I think it's a little too short of a sample size here. I know the whole, you know, teams go nuts over the whole nine game, first nine games uh, tryout. But uh, to me, it seems like the bigger, you know, repercussions kick in after he stays for 40 games. So, uh, mm. I mean, to me, I, I think you just you stick, stick with the flow here. I still need to see more, um, you know, maybe by game 20, 25, you know, if he can get through the teens and look good, then, then, then I think you're great. But if by 20 or 25, he's starting to sag, you're kind of seeing the Victor, the, the Victor Mete effect mm. where he's great at the start, but then he kind of sags. Uh, then I think there's reason to be concerned and, and maybe you got to make an executive decision. But for the time being, I think, you know, play till game 20, play till game 25, then we can reassess. Uh, you know, right now, you're right. The, they're winning. It's a good feeling in, in Montreal. You know, can't, you haven't been able to say that for a while and, and, and why mess with that? So let's see how long they can keep it going and, and, and then, we, you know, they can reassess.
0: Yeah, the main thing I I meant about like uh, the ice time there is he's averaging about twelve thirty right now. Uh, like I guess I I just want him to see. I I just want a little bit more even strength time at least. Just to uh, you know at least thirteen thirty kind of thing. Just because twelve thirty it's.
1: I, I, yeah no I I agree how's that happening like is 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 claude just throwing him out there to center like the fourth line every so often or what
0: uh i'm not exactly sure i i think he's he's kind of rovering bef- between third and fourth uh it okay. could be just a, a a little sample of you know we're gonna break you in a little bit slower so maybe as the games go on he's gonna get that uh increased ice time so yeah keep an eye on it for sure but uh He's done nothing to look out of place. That's uh, that should be noted for sure. He's just been nothing but solid so far.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. He's 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 looked good on he's, he's looked good when he when he has played in, in the short sample size, both games and minutes speaking. So I mean like like I said earlier, you you ride this out and, and come game twenty, you, you reevaluate.
0: hmm So Nick, we I th- I think we had a goal of the year candidate the other day over in that crazy Pittsburgh Edmonton game where uh, where Crosby undressed Strom, I think Ryan Strom for the uh, the OT, OT winner. Um, now what well, yeah, what a crazy game that was obviously because of the the, um, the storyline Sid versus Connor. Uh, the best player debate has been swirling around everywhere for a while now, started by Matthews and now you know the three of them are in the conversation. But, uh, yeah, how do you compare this goal of the year candidate to something something else we've seen in the year, maybe the, the Boston goal from the other night?
1: Yeah, so when I break this down, I, I see the two Boston goals, actually. I, I see the Pasternak goal we saw, you know, a, a week ago where, uh, where he, he pulls that move, and, and, and it's, it's a whole individual effort and, on Talbot. And, uh, and then the other game would be the Marshawns move against, uh, against the Sens, mm. where uh, he, he, he pulls that move on, on the Ottawa defender, uh, and then he you know, backhand feeds it to Pasternak, who finishes the job. Oh. So, I mean, I think between those three, those have got to be the marquee goals of the year. I, I know by the end of the year, you know, McDavid and Matthews will probably have something to say about that. Mm. But for the, for the time being, those are the goals. And i got to be honest, you know, there's a lot to like from all of them but but the SId goal just it just I love it because it's such a individual effort. It's like a 1v3 effort. you know it, it's overtime and, and and he's there and he's trying to make something happen. He's trying to do something and and, and he seemingly you know just makes something happen with just his efforts. He, he pulls a slick you know under the legs move uh, between the legs move on, on, on Dylan Strom. And, and and then he avoids the long poke check of Darnell nurse. Mm. And then with just a little bit of time he has left, he he he, he scores backhand shelf on, on Talbot. It, it's it's really something. Uh, I, I just I see the effort there. I, I, I see the whole, you know, one v three effort and, and to me it just that, that goal sticks out. The the Pasternak goal it's great, but to me it looks like the defender's almost going to block the shot. You know, as Pasternak's going into his move, his toe drag. Mm. So you know it doesn't look, and you know Talbot kind of looks like he gives up on the goal, and 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 then the Marchand goal, it it, it might be number two because I, I love the way he just makes that Ottawa D man uh, <laughs> just just look like a you know an old man at shinny. Yeah. But uh, but it you know it it again it's a two man effort. You know he he doesn't score. He you know it's a, he makes the right play. It's just it's not as flashy. A, you know, a finish as the other goal. Mm. So I think you got to give it to Sid on this one.
0: I have one thing to say: Thomas Shabbat Leafs versus Senators goal of the year. Uh, <laughs> no, there? I'm kidding, but I it did it's, it it, it's it brought case. me back. It's, yeah, I d- I did recall that when you were when you were talking. I'm like, oh well, that was that was pretty nice too. But uh, I'll, I'll give my case on on the Sid goal because I'm voting Sid here, of course. Uh to me, I'm just I have to consider I mean both are really, really nice, but like the the emotional factor of just the stage that was set that day. So Crosby's coming into this. He's got zero goals, five assists in you know in the season so far. you got the big Sid versus Connor thing, and then you have the storylines of, oh, who's the best player in the world now connor or or Austin Matthews. And you just know Sid's kind of half listening to all this. And you know he just had to put on just uh, an old take you to school kind of game. And it was just perfect. Just the way it all played out in the in the overtime there. And then this, the sound bites. I don't know who it was. I think it might have been TSN, but they they were mic'd up for that game. And in the, in the little huddle there when they're all hugging Crosby, like, hey, you still got it, hey old man, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so it was just such a classic little scene. And then you see Connor McDavid after in his uh his typical post game interview um, persona goes, uh, yeah, nothing you can do about that one. Just fucking emotionless. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, this guy. Someone give him a fucking smile, but <laughs> yeah, that that for me is why Sid has to take that. He's got a oh fuck it was a nice move, man. Really nice. Right.
1: No, I, I think you do also have to consider the, the stage of the moment. Yeah. And and those those other two goals are just, you know, they're regulation goals, you yeah. know, they're not game winners. That Sid one, That's a big deal. I mean, you're on you're on national TV, you're playing the the, the McDavid kid, you know, kind of the next generational talent. You want to put on a show. It's three-on-three three overtime, and, and he wins it for his squad. I, 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 you know We were just talking last week about clutch and clutch factor mm-hmm. and how you've got to give it to Sid in that case. And, and here we are again. He scores another big goal for you, proving yet again if you could only have one of these general, generational players for one game, you'd probably have to go with Sid. So and it's also his way of just putting his foot forward and saying, hey, with all this talk of McDavid and Matthews, you know, I'm still here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's good to see.
0: Yeah. Just give me one minute to blast the NHL for a second here, Nick. I I'm scrolling through my uh, through my phone and I'm seeing this this NHL article titled and I quote, Crosby asserts himself into the best player conversation with Game Against the (laughs) Oilers, and I fucking nearly lost my shit. I'm like, oh, he's part of the conversation now. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for Sid. He's finally part of the conversation for best player in the world. You fucking asshole clickbait-seeking moron. What is wrong with people putting this shit out on, into the internet, man. Like, I could not believe my eyes. Like, that's got to be the most ignorant thing someone can say simply to just get a couple clicks on his article. Like, get out of town. Well, I,
1: here, here's one... I, I respect that opinion, but here's one thing, one last thing I'll say. Uh, I kind of have the feeling that Sid almost appreciates not being in this conversation. Mm. Because he's always been that guy who doesn't really like the spotlight. I mean, you've seen that through his personality and and what he shows in that, you know, you see a little bit of that in that most recent Tim Horton's commercial with the Kenyan hockey team. Um, He doesn't, mess. He you know, he, yeah, he's a great player, but he doesn't really love it to all be publicized. We've heard about these stories where, you know, he's he's doing stuff for people in the community, but he, he does it under the radar. So you hear it from other people, but you don't necessarily see it. So I, I kind of think he likes not having the media pressure, people running up to him every game, and you know, he's screaming at him, "Hey, are you better than McDavid?" No, 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 Like it, it it's, it, it's almost like he likes it, and uh, and you know, I, I think that's that's not something that's being said enough. You know, yes, he he deserves to be in the conversation, but in his opinion, I honestly, I don't think he really cares.
0: I know it's. It's funny because it's almost like a a brand new role for him because he's always been this poster boy and all of a sudden you know the media has turned their camera in a whole different direction so i think in a way he's he's relishing this maybe underdog spotlight that he's got but um i know also another factor is like sid is just an uber competitive competitive athlete and there's a little part of this that is biting him a little bit. I am I, pretty confident in that, just because, you know, he likes to be the best and uh, he's super super competitive. And I think right now it's more about winning than it is about you know individual accolades. But uh, it's it's just a it's a fun storyline. And and I think Steve Dangle put it best in one of his videos uh, he recently put on his LFR. He said um, something along the lines of McDavid is the best player in the NHL right now but uh, Sid still carries the torch. And that that made a lot of sense to me because if you just break it down skill-wise, you know, it does make sense. McDavid, he's faster. He's got that those dynamic hands and that kind of thing. But there's an underlying feeling like, you know, you still have to earn this from the guy and that guy is still Sid. And that's going to be done in the playoffs. It's going to be done through through winning and it's going to be done through, you know, carrying your team through through a series. So... I think Steve uh, Steve put it best there.
1: Yeah, no, that that's very well said. I mm-hmm. I think you you gotta look into his success in, in the hardware, in, in the cups, and and uh, in in a day and age where it's very hard to to win two Stanley Cups in your tenure, uh, you know. Not to mention back to back cups, uh, you know. Sid's done it, so
0: that mm-hmm. definitely
1: can't be uh, overlooked here.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, I want to actually ask you another funny question. This was a TSN feature. Um, I think it went pretty one-sided when they posted it up, but uh, I'll run it by you. So who would you, what kind of dynamic duo would you rather have? Shifley and Line or Matthews and Marner? Now for this, I know we were talking about it a little bit before the show. I want to ask you like big picture, real life, NHL style, and then also your fantasy take on that.
1: Mm, wow, what a what a great question. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, you threw this. Yeah, you I you know, I I haven't a lot had a lot of time to think about this. Um,
0: well, I can start for like for like big picture real life stuff. I think that if I were a general manager with and I'm just trying to win hockey games, um, there's two ways you can look at it. I I think Marner and Matthews are the better tandem. They're the better players just through and through overall. But when I look at, and this is a, a point that, uh, fuck, I think it was Gord Miller. I think he's he made the point that Shifley's got the friendly contract, the superstar friendly contract. He's paying, he's getting paid 6.1. So if I can have Shifley at 6.1 and Liney at whatever the fuck he's going to be paid, and then Marner and Matthews at whatever the hell they're going to be paid in the next two years, then I'd, I'd rather have Shifley line a but if it's just through and through who's the better tandem I say Matthews Marner in that case
1: I, I Okay, that that helps because yeah, I, I think when you consider salary Implications and you consider you're an actual general manager <clears throat> who I want here Then I then I think okay, maybe you know under the salary cap you, you go with line a Matthews, but I think from both a real-life standpoint and a fantasy standpoint I like Matthews and Marner, and and, and it's actually funny because these teams just played the other night, and I got to watch both tandems. Yeah. And what what I'll say is, I love Shifley, I love Matthews, and I love Marner because they're the kind of players who can seemingly generate offense just by themselves. Like they make things happen. They make their line mates better. They just they have a they have a way of, of making things happen with whomever they play for. I mean you saw that with Shifley and Wheeler and, and they, they threw Ealers with them on the top line last night. And I was happy to see that because I'm a Ealers owner. And and here you have this guy, he hasn't scored in 26 games. He's in this huge drought. And literally the second shift he's playing with with Shifley, he 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 scores a goal. And and the monkey's off his back. And uh, it, it, was, it was just a perfect example of how Shifley can, can kind of just make whomever he plays with look fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say the same with Matthews, with how Kapanen's joined him most recently on that second line. And, and then Marner, I know, you know, Tavares is a great player, but the reality is if it weren't for Marner, I don't think Tavares would be coming close to putting up mm-hmm. the numbers he, he's put up mm-hmm. so far um so the reason just going back to the debate here and in the, in the leafs you have two of those kind of guys with the jets you only have shifley mm-hmm. and that's no disrespect to line a I, I just think line a falls under that more ovechkin mold more where he has yeah. a hard time putting up offense just by himself or carrying a line just by himself he kind of needs to be you know insulated with all these factors and, and then that brings out you know the the great shot and the great power play presence that he brings and and you've seen that with with him struggling in the early season here with with the little in in the years line so i i go with the leafs because <clears throat> i just see two of those kind of players uh in, in matthews and and, and marner
0: uh, It's such a good point you make too because i fully agree with with the fact that yeah matthews and marner can can fabricate their own offense so so can shifley I, I find more line is more of like that weapon, right? You you have, and it's a, it's an excellent weapon, maybe one of the best shots in the league, but he's going to need someone to dish it to him and, and dish it to him on a regular basis and dish it to him well. Uh, that's why I never jumped on the Ovechkin bandwagon is because I always saw him as, oh, you know, he's too one-dimensional for me. He's not, uh, he's not a guy that can, you know, orchestrate his own... Magic in the offensive zone. You know what I mean. It's he's more of a weapon, but the the one guy here who stands out to me in terms of what he's done so far, and he's he's the oldest of the four, is Shifley in the playoffs last year. We we can't discount. Uh, he's shown that he can be MVP caliber in the postseason. And Marner had a fantastic playoffs last year as well. They they haven't been able to show enough, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what. This Leafs team can do, and what these two can do in particular in the playoffs. I know Matthews got a little bit stifled last year, um, and he's also been on the record to say he's a bit uh, he's a bit streaky. This Austin Matthews character he's go he goes on scorching hot runs, and then you know sometimes he cools down a little bit. But yeah, you said it best. It, it's it's a really interesting point, like the vision and the the creativity of Matthews and Marner. And uh, and just the way Shifley can make plays, See, it, those three stand out for me, and uh, and Line is more of that weapon. So it's a cool little debate, but I mean you can't go wrong with having any any pair if they're if they're looking like that. And I I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out I wanted to share with you a uh, a funny Shifley video. Like you know how they ha- they always do those Shifley videos where you know he's saying his hockey nerd shit and it's it's uh it's kind of he's saying all these stats and stuff well nhl just put out a new one and it's hilarious this guy he's they they kind of go in deeper on uh on his on his personal life and they they have him mic'd up and i didn't know this but he doesn't even swear on the ice nick like he he doesn't even swear instead of saying oh fuck you ref he goes you freaking idiot. Why don't you watch the play again? Like, it's just so yeah. proper. It's so funny to see. You have to watch this video. You'll just okay. be like, you'll fall in love with him all over again. I just, I want him on my team so badly now. It's so funny.
1: Hey, you want to talk trade? I'll happily talk trades with you, Kyle. He's, mm. he's on, he's, he's he's out there. How about, um, how
0: about Voracek? Voracek for shite. Yeah,
1: no thanks. Come no.
0: on. It's close. It's, come on. No. It's, he's a center. What
1: I will, that first line of Winnipeg is so Average. fucking good. Average. What?
0: I'm just joking. They're,
1: I was they, like that third period against the Leafs. It was as if Paul Maurice was like putting them on every second shift.
0: Just mm. he
1: just knew that was the only line that was going to score. He, I, I kid you not. He had them on for like the last two minutes and thirty seconds of the game. Like just, just that line. Yeah. It was, it, it was nuts. Um, they're, they're just so great together, Wheeler and Shifley and whoever mm. that third line mate is just huge fantasy value going to whoever that is. And, and right now it looks like Ehlers has kind of found a spot there as of last night. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens here. I just, it's so fun watching that, watching that line do their magic.
0: Yeah. And Hey, we mentioned that Corey Crawford made his debut after being out since last December and he killed it. They won uh, 3-1 against Anaheim, and he had not a 960 save percentage. So good for him. I think yeah, he,
1: uh, he's he was he's been great. He he, lo- he lost his debut game. Uh, I think it was to Arizona. Oh, but, that was
0: the uh, debut you know, he, game.
1: That was the debut game. Oh, okay. but he still played well. Like yeah. if, if you watch the goals, you can't really blame him. Right. Um, and then yeah, he had he had the great game against Anaheim. So he, it's good to see him back. You know, everyone should be happy to see you know that after what he's been through. Mm -hmm. um but yeah it looks like he looks like same old Corey crawford to me
0: that is so fantastic yeah there there was a there was some questions earlier whether he would he would play at all this uh this year because of his head problems but yeah that's awesome and good for the uh the fantasy owners who fucking roll the dice on getting him in a decent decently late round wow those guys are looking pretty good as long as he stays stays going i want to ask you one more uh quick fantasy question uh, what do you think of Alex Galchenyuk? He's coming back. He's played his first game. What uh, what's what's he gonna do?
1: Well, other than the fact I know he was pointless in, in that in that four one win against uh, against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, fifteen I, minutes. I, I couldn't tell you much. I haven't really been looking into what they've been doing at practice. You know, I I, I assume he's playing with Keller, which is which is only a good thing. He's playing center um, on
0: the on the Keller line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so I assume that would be the case, and then on the power play um i i he'll be at one of the circles i suppose um so i mean he's in every if you just look in that paper he's in every position to to succeed here uh we've just yet to see it happen i know it's only been one the one game but i mean you look at where he's slotted you gotta if you're a fan if you're in fantasy you got to at least be <clears throat> and he's on the wire or something you got to be looking into this you
0: know mm. yeah yeah
1: Quickly, I will say two things as, as the St. Louis Blue and oh uh, an LA Kings fan. What I will say is, yes, the Kings look god-awful. They, they, they lost the two games over the weekend to, uh, to the Islanders and Buffalo, arguably the two worst teams in the league. Um, but they did hold a closed-door player meeting. They showed a lot more grit in their in their loss against Dallas. Um, but they will be getting Dustin Brown back this Sunday. Look out for that. And uh, to f- and uh, Velardi will be uh, reevaluated next week. He is apparently very close to returning to full on ice practice with the team, according to GM Rob Blake. So, oh, what happened to him? El- Velardi? Yeah. Well, Velarde was injured to start the year. He, he, oh. he had something going on. He, yeah, he's, he's, he, hasn't been, he wasn't skating for a long time.
0: I thought he was just doing poorly and no one really talked about him.
1: No, no, no. He, had a, he, he suffered a, a, a major injury and he, he, he hasn't been skating for a while. Oh. And uh, the next evaluation, he's been skating by himself, but the next evaluation to see if he can fully get into practice is, is next week. Right. And uh, it, it was it was it was a good candid interview by the GM Rob Blake. They asked him about, uh, you know, firing the coach and, and he said the coach isn't the problem. The, the problem is, you know, the players and, and the guys who've been here for years not stepping up, mm. uh, you know, and, and Darren Dreger on TSN stated that they may be trading Alec Martinez, who's kind of been a staple on their defense for a forward uh, hmm. to get forward. So look out for that if, if that, you know, holds any any truth. Um, and then as far as St. Louis goes, they actually look like they've bounced back this week. They had the game against Leafs, the, the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, which put Kyle to sleep because the Blues enforced their system. It did. And, uh, and, and really just took the life out of the Leafs offense. Uh, Jake Allen only one goal against in that game. So that was fantastic. And uh, even in their most recent loss against the Jets, I mean, they were in every position to win that game in Winnipeg. Uh, not to mention the Jets hadn't lost uh, in regulation at home since last February. So, so given St. Louis got that close to snapping that that streak, uh, was was really something. So I, I think just looking at their style of play, they they've clearly changed. They're scoring goals now, which is great. Um, so definitely a, more of a thumbs up to St. Louis, and and you know, a thumbs down for L.A. But still a little little reason to be optimistic. Oh, oh and, and one one more thing, Kyle. I think I think this should be said. Shout out to our friend Andrew, who is at the uh, the Sabres game tonight. Oh, they'll be hosting. They'll be hosting the Canadians. Uh, wow. Just a shout out. Hope him and his dad Steve have a great night. I know Steve's a big Habs fan, so that that should be a dandy. And uh, to all the boys at Kelly's Corner, if you're listening, I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure Andrew will be uh, giving us a shout out. Uh Hey, we fucking love you guys. So uh, keep listening and, and good luck to the Sabres.
0: Good luck, Montreal. Let's go Canadians.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello to you guys, though. You guys are awesome. And uh, have, have fun, Andrew. I, I hope you uh, you and your dad enjoy it. I'm, I know I'm with your dad on this one for tonight, but uh, you keep it spirited out there. All right, now, if, if you don't have anything else, I'll just quickly say that uh, LA is still my number one front runner for Jack Hughes and uh, St. Louis, it was just a matter of time and I think they're probably going to be uh, on the rise for uh, pretty consistently now, so yeah, that's about it for those guys and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this show
1: Yeah, uh, look out for uh, some content, some video content of, of, of the show, we, there may be something coming in the next few days, I'm not going to tease too much of that, but, uh, but be on the lookout and uh until then it's it's been a pleasure to serve you guys and uh yeah take it easy
0: yes indeed rink moose signing off